Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. All right, so welcome. If you're watching online, great to see you. Great to have you with us. Please share it with your friends and families if you're watching online. And if you're in person, great to see you again. Continue to share it with your friends and families when you get home because we want to reach as many people as we can with the amazing news of Jesus, right? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we have life and liberty in Jesus. We have freedom in Jesus. And we definitely have victory in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Alright, so today we are in episode 4 of our series called Mastermind. It's our final episode. And as I said, I hope you've really got something to take home with you. Because you know, sometimes you go to a restaurant and you have a delicious meal, but the food is so much, it's so good, you want to take some home, right? And you're like, I want someone else to taste this amazing food. Well, I hope that this series has had the same impact in your life. It's not just giving you great insight, but it's something that you can take away and put into your life on a regular basis. And I've said all the time, you know, scripture is amazing, but if it doesn't have the power to change your life, then it is just a pointless exercise in wordplay. But we have authority, we have power, and we have transformation in the scriptures that God has given us because it gives us the privilege of actually learning, reaping, sowing, and being transformed by the power of God's word. Amen? Amen. I hope you got that. Amen. Amen. Well, the title I have for you today is called The Worry Eradicator, right? We're not talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Terminator. We're talking about the worry eradicator. So, who loves sports? A couple of people. I don't know about the rest of you. I don't know what you're watching on TV. <laughs> but I love sports, right? Any kind of sports. Uh, probably you have all guessed by now what my favorite sport is. Anyone? Basketball. Thank you, Caleb. You know... Good thing that a couple of people know what I like. I don't know what the rest of you have been listening to. But thank you, Caleb. Thank you for being in my corner. I appreciate it. The rest of you, I don't know you. (laughs) But I love sports, you know, and any kind of sports. I love watching sports. I love playing sports. Uh, It's always great exercise. It's great fun, especially when you have people together. And so I remember the first time I tried baseball. Now, it's not a popular sport in Australia, but... When I tried baseball for the first time, I was actually 17 years old because I hadn't grown up in North America. So, you know, a couple of friends of mine, we went out to the baseball diamond. It's called a baseball diamond because, you know, diamond. Uh, And we're like, yeah, let's play some baseball. And so I got my glove, you know, I bought a nice glove and you put it on your left hand because I'm right-handed, you'd throw, catch. So they're like, all right, you guys go out into the outfield, which is where you catch the ball, and I'm just going to, one of the guys like, I'm just going to hit the ball, and you guys can just practice catching it, because we wanted to play some other people as well, so let's do some practicing. So I got my glove out, I went out to the outfield with some other guys, and, and so one of our friends hit the ball, you know, I'm standing there, I'm like, all right, this ball's going to be coming to me, I'm just going to try and catch this ball, it's going to be exciting, we am going to get it, I'm like, here comes the ball, I'm looking at this ball, I'm like, all right, it's almost here. I jump up to try and catch it and it goes right over my head. 
It's like, well, that wasn't good. All right, all right, let's try this again, because I can do this. I love sports. You know, I've never tried this before, but no, it's not too hard. I can do it. I've played cricket before. I used to play cricket when I was a kid, but I can do this stuff. All right. They hit the ball again, and I'm like, all right, it's coming right at me again. I'm like, judging the distance. All right, I'm just going to get this. It's almost here. I jump again over my head. <laughs> it's like, that sucks. And as teenage boys, you know, they're so very encouraging. It's great to have friends, because they just yelled, you suck, get off the field. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 I'm not getting off this field, because I'm going to catch this ball, Right? So I'm like, what's going on here? Why am I missing this ball? I'm judging everything. It's like, hold on, how do I adjust to make sure? It's like, if I'm jumping and missing, maybe, and some of you intelligent people have figured this out, maybe if I just move back a bit, <laughs> right, I'd get the ball. Sparks of intelligence sparked right there. All right, great. So they hit the ball again, and I'm like, all right, let me move back a bit. I move back a bit. And bang, I get into my glove. Hooray! I caught my first baseball. And I was thinking about that. I said, you know, a lot of time in life, God's promises are there for us, but sometimes we don't position ourselves in the right place to catch it. We're trying to jump up, we're trying to reach, we're trying to hold on to it, but we're not in the right position to receive what God is giving us. And if we just have a moment and think about it and reposition ourselves in the place that's the right place to receive, we're able to receive what God has. You know, and that comes from how we think. Because a lot of times we struggle with putting things into our life because we don't have the practical application. Sometimes it's just theory, but sometimes theory doesn't translate well into practical application because we're not sure how to actually put it into place. But if we start thinking about it and start reasoning about it and understand that there is a place that you can receive what God has for you, if you just reposition yourself in a little bit of a different way. And to talk about that in mental terms is if we change our mindsets. If you change your mindset, you'll be able to see things differently. Last week we talked about how we filter things through certain ways and we see things through filters, whether it's our friends, our family, and even ourselves, we see things through filters. And sometimes it's not the facts that are different, it's the filter. And so we have to learn how to have proper mindsets, right? Why? Because battles are won and lost in our mind before we actually fight them physically. Before we actually deal with anything, we win the battle in our mind. And I've said this before, and we've repeated this right through the series. You cannot have a positive life if you don't have a positive thought life. You can't live a positive life and have a negative thinking mindset. You need to start thinking differently. And of course, Paul, the great apostle, has been our guide on this journey of how to think the way that God wants us to think. And so Paul, of course, as he writes to the church, especially to Philippines, the church at Philippi, he's actually locked up in a prison cell in Rome. He's under lock and key. There's guards there protecting him. And this was not Paul's plan for his life. He wanted to go around and talk about Jesus. He wanted to go to different places and communicate this life-giving message of who Jesus is and what he does. But he ended up getting chained in a Roman prison cell. 
Most of us would feel devastated and feel, well, it looks like God's left me. God's abandoned me. I don't know what's going to happen now. I don't know what's going on in my life. I'm depressed. You know, why can't I go? Why can't I have freedom? He didn't have that mindset. He had a positive mindset. In fact, he said, I realize that I've been put in change for Jesus because I have these prisoner guard, prison guards that are uh, with me and I'm preaching to them and they're going out and sharing the good news of Jesus and all of Rome is actually getting to hear the amazing news of who Jesus is. That was his amazing mindset. And as he concludes this letter that he's writing to the Philippines, he says this, and this amazing again, think about Paul's thought process. He says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 9, he says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Right? Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put them into practice. See, it's not about just hearing. It's about putting it into practice because that's when the transformation happens. It's not head knowledge. It's practical application. And then he says, and the God of peace will be with you. Do not be anxious about anything. The reality is that our world is filled with anxiety. We worry about a myriad of things. Whether we are late for work, whether we'll catch the train or the bus on time, what our bosses think, what our family thinks, what's for dinner when you're at work and when you're at home you think what's at work. Our mind just runs around being anxious about everything. And Paul presents us with the solution to anxiety. Right? He says, here's the solution to being anxious and how to overcome worry. In all situations, bring them to God. He lists three things to help overcome worry. He says, prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. If you can put these three things into your life, you would eradicate worry. Prayer. Petition and thanksgiving. What is prayer? Well, let's demystify what prayer is. Prayer is not some mystical thing that's reserved for special spiritual people. Prayer is conversation with God. Amen. Do you know how to talk? Yes. I guess most of you can, even though only one person said yes. <laughs> you communicate, you talk to someone. That's what prayer is. Prayer is having a conversation with God. And you can do it anywhere, at any time, in any situation. You don't have to come to a building to pray. You don't have to have a time. You go, okay, God, I'm going to set aside this time. It's good to do that, but that's not the only time you can and should pray. You can pray at any time, at any moment. And it's, it's God. Wanting to let you know that you don't have to do life alone. 
I'm here with you. If you just communicate with me and have a conversation with me, I'm able to communicate with you and and help guide you in your life. You don't have to live a life alone. Prayer is communication with the one that loves you the most. It's conversation with the one that loves you the most. What is a petition? It might be an older word, but a petition is made to someone who is an authority. A petition is put to someone who is, has certain power. And this is so wonderful. You know why? Because I understand there is a high authority above me. There's someone else that can know things and do things better than I can do things. I'm not the center of my universe. I'm not the center of anything. There is a higher power that I can consult that I can talk to, that I can ask help from. I can say, God, I'm petitioning you because there's a higher authority and that authority is you. I can speak to you. I know I need help and when I do need help, I can go to this higher authority. Thanksgiving. What is Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is all about gratitude and being grateful. So many times in our life, we live our life measuring how much we have and more importantly what we don't have i don't have this because you know i don't have the latest phone i don't have the the latest mac i don't have the latest computer i don't have the latest you know device everyone if my friends do they get to do this get i don't have this and so a lot of time we measure our lives based on what we don't have But if you take a pause and listen and understand, there's so many things that you do have. Are we grateful for what we do have? Did you know that we are in the top 1% of the world's population in terms of wealth? There's 99% of the world that live below what you live. You're rich. You might say, well, I don't feel rich because I don't have a, a whole million dollars in my bank account. But according to... The world senses you are rich. You're living well above the poverty line. There's some people that struggle to think about what I'm going to eat for my next meal. I guarantee you, you're not thinking about, can I eat the next meal? You're thinking about what I'm going to eat for my next meal. Not if I'm going to eat. Well, a lot of people in the world are thinking, am I going to be able to eat? You don't have that thought. You never know what it's like to go hungry. Because you can go get something whenever you want. You never know what it's like to be really thirsty. Because you can get that. That's a feeling you've never been acquainted with. But it's people in our world that are living that way. We are rich. So how about learning to be grateful for what we do have. And not worry about what we don't have. Because God has blessed us with abundance. With so much. And so... You know, the the reality is that arrogant people are generally ungrateful people. And ungrateful people are generally arrogant people. Because why do I need to be grateful? I did this. You know what ungratefulness is like? When we are ungrateful, we're sending the message, I can do this without you. I don't really need to thank you for anything. Because there's nothing that you did that is worthy of my attention. That's what ungratefulness says to God. So when Paul is saying we have to understand this, when we learn 
to be prayerful, when we learn to be, bring petitions, and especially when we learn to be grateful, we're not worrying about what happens out there. We're putting ourselves in alignment with how God wants us to live. Our heart is set in the place to stop worrying about stuff because we're learning that God has blessed us with sufficient things that we can live a life of success and have abundance for more than what we actually imagine to have in our life. Start focusing on what you do have and not what you don't have. Start to begin changing your mindset. And then Paul presents us, why? Because then the God of peace will guard your heart. I want you to imagine this scenario, right? You get up in the morning and you get down and you're having breakfast with your kids. And you're having a nice conversation, like, what's going to happen? Did you do your homework? You know, going to go to work. And then all of a sudden, someone just blasts through your front door. They have masks on. They burst in your front door. They get into your kitchen where you're eating. They throw you to the floor. They say, don't move. And they start ransacking your house. They take everything that's valuable and they run away. And you get up, you're shocked, you're not sure what to do, you're stressed out, you're worried. Like, hey, let's get things together. You know, try to get everything organized again. And then you're sitting down again, you come home that evening. You're after this traumatic experience, you're sitting there, you're just ready to get your evening meal and the same thing happens again. People burst through your front door, throw you to the floor and start ransacking your house. And this happens over and over again. Anytime you sit down to a meal, anytime you're watching TV with your kids, anytime you're doing anything in your house, you're not sure what's going to happen because people could just burst through your door, ransack your house and take everything valuable and run out. How secure would you feel living there? Would you be comfortable? Would you be anxious? Would you worry? Of course you would. That's what Paul is saying. Our thought life is someone barging into your life when you're worrying, ransacking what's important to you and taking it out. And you never know when it's going to happen because you never know what you're going to be worried about. And so Paul says this, you know, how would you feel if these people barged into your house? You wouldn't feel safe. You'd be anxious and worried about this. But what if, what if you had someone who was a strong guy like the Terminator standing at your front door who was on guard 24-7. And if anyone came to your house or even drove by your house, he would stare them down. He's like, better move on, quick. What are you slowing down for? Move, move quicker. If anyone showed up to your house with any sort of thing, he'd beat them down. Would you feel secure now? Would you be having anxiety living in your house, having a meal with your kids? You wouldn't? Of course not. So that's why Paul says, listen to this, this is what he says. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And when you do that, God puts a strong man in front of your house. He says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart. Right? God puts a guard on your heart when you put things in his hands, when you put things in his power, God's going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. 
You don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to be anxious anymore. Because when you give God thanks, when you bring him petition, and when you pray, it's conversation with the one who loves you the most. You don't have to be stressed out about anything. In fact, Jesus did not say, let your hearts be troubled. Did he? He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. The angel didn't say, glory to God in the highest and stress and worry to men. When he announced the arrival of Jesus. No, he didn't say that. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Paul didn't say, be anxious about everything in your life. Every little thing. Stress and worry and and worry yourself to death. Do you know worry kills? Stress kills? More than anything else. He's not saying anything, but he's saying this. Let your anxiety be diminished when you learn how to trust God. You're going to a job interview. There's no need for you to stress out. You just say, God, I've prepared myself. I've got things as much as control I can. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm not going to be worrying about what they do because you don't have control about what their decision is. You can just do what you can do. You know, when you have problems about... Whom who am I going to marry? I hope my wife or my husband turns out well. Say, God, I trust you to pick the right spouse for me. That they will be a blessing in my life. That they'll be an encouragement. That they'll help me through certain situations. I'm not going to be worrying about things that are out of my control. You have financial situations you have to battle with. You have addictions to certain things. Begin to trust God. In your marriage, in your relationships, begin to trust God. You know, there's people that go, I've tried everything and I guess all that's left is we just have to pray about it. How insulting is that? Think God's pleased with that thought? It's like, well, he said he tried everything and the last resort is prayer. I guess that's all we have left to do. We We better pray. Prayer shouldn't be our last resort. Prayer should be our first option because it's bringing things to God, the one who loves you the most. Right? It's not saying, well, I hope things are done and, you know, I'm going to try this. I'm going to stress out. I'm going to worry. I'm going to do all these wonderful things that will give me so much life. Sarcasm. That's what it is. (laughs) And then if that doesn't work out, I'm going to try and touch God. Do you think God's pleased with that? When he says, hey, I'm right here. I'm waiting for you to ask me to help. I'm ready to help. I'm willing to help. I'm able to help. But you're going to go off and do things by yourself and try and fix it. And then when you make a mess of it and you can't figure it out, then you're going to come and talk to me? If I was God, I'd be like, you go fix it yourself. You better thank God that I'm not God or you're not God, that he's God. Because he's selfless and faithful and long-suffering and he waits And he still forgives. Because if it was up to us, if someone came to you and said, you know what, I've tried every option, you're my last option. You're like, well, that makes me feel really great. Thanks for thinking of me. But that's what we do on a regular basis. We try what we try, and then we say, I guess all that's left to do is pray. The amazing thing is that we don't understand the power of prayer. Prayer is powerful. In fact, scripture says we can approach the throne of God boldly because we have access to the one who created the universe. 
Imagine the power it took to do that. And we can approach this God boldly because we have access as Christ followers. But we don't use that access. We try to figure out our petty differences or things by ourselves. But prayer is amazing. You know, prayer not only does it move the heart of God, but prayer changes the chemistry of your brain. I don't think you knew this. And I didn't know this. I was really amazed. Transformers, this was amazing. It blew my mind when I actually discovered this. I always knew prayer was great because when I'm stressed out, when I pray, God gives me his peace. When I feel weak and I pray, God gives me strength. I know prayer does things, but this was amazing when I discovered this. You know, scientists often think that the brain is static, something called neuroplasticity, which means that it's always moving it's always it's like plastic it changes all the time the more we learn stuff the more we understand stuff the more you think a thought your brain actually begins to change and grow and mature and, and there's you know pathways neural pathways that are created each time you think something and discover something new if you want to have brain exercises drive a new way home that you never tried before your brain actually fires it creates a new neural pathway they say if you want to exercise your brain shower in the dark because it's a new concept your brain didn't know before, and it actually does. It creates a new pathway. But there's something called neurotheology. You can look this up on Google when you get home. Don't do it right now. <laughs> neurotheology, also known as spiritual neuroscience. And studies have shown there's a relationship between your belief in God and prayer and how your brain changes. And it could be measured on a brain scan. I was watching this documentary and it, I said, it blew my mind. They were talking about communication and they got to prayer. And there was this Japanese scientist they were talking to at that time. And he does a brain scan of people and then he, they pray for a while and then he does a brain scan again and their brain actually changed because of the prayer they've done. And you can actually Google this when you get home and they'll show it to you. Right? I mean, prayer changes the chemistry of your brain. That's measurable on a brain scan. They had never been able to do that before, but now they've done that. You know, in fact, Dr. Caroline Leaf, who is an author of Switch Your Brain, this is what she says. It has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. How amazing is that? See, for years, Maybe your parents or grandparents are saying prayer because it works. Prayer works, right? But now, this new world of believers and t- with technology, they've actually measured it and said, yes, prayer actually works. And you can measure it with a brain scan. It changes the chemistry of your brain. It gives you peace. How amazing is that? I don't know if you, that blowed my mind. It literally did. Isn't that amazing? And so think about this. Just as you think negative thoughts and toxic, toxic thoughts, your brain is changing for the worse. But when you start thinking good thoughts and great thoughts and prayerful thoughts, your brain actually changes for the better. And that is amazing. That is so powerful. Have you ever asked yourself a question, why do we worry? Why do you worry? 
Why do you panic? Why do you have anxiety? Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises of God. You think that he's not able. You think that he's not capable. You think that he can't do it. So that's where you have to worry. Because if you trusted him to take care of it, then why do you worry? If you have a trusted friend that says, hey, I'll be there at 6 o'clock and he's there every day at 6 o'clock. The next day, are you going to sit there and worry? Oh, I wonder if he's going to be there at 6. He's been there 365 times in a row at 6 o'clock. You're not going to worry the next time, are you? You've put trust in that situation. So if God, who's done something so many millions of times for people all across the world, but he's like, oh, I'm sorry, John. I did it for everyone, but I guess I missed out on you. So sorry. Didn't know you were there. Is that what God does? No, he doesn't. He knows every single one of us. He hears every single one of us. And he does things for every single one of us. So instead of letting my sinful nature connect and control my mind, choose to let the Spirit of God direct your thinking. And this is what Paul says again about thinking in Romans chapter 8. He says this, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. What are you going to think about? Because you have peace when you think about God things. God's love for you. God's promise for you. God's way for you. And you don't have peace when you stress out and you worry. And you think that things are out of control. That's why Paul says, take every thought captive. You know, this week I've been meditating on Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Some of you might know it. It says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, King James says. NIV says, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I was thinking about that this whole week. How do I acknowledge you in every situation? How do I lean on you in every circumstance? How do I invite you into whatever's going on in my life? You know how I do that? Through prayer. You know what prayers? God, I'm going to this meeting. I'd like you to come along and be my guide. Speak to me. Help me. I'm not sure what I'm going to be eating next, but Lord, bless my food. Get in my car. Lord, just be with me as I drive on this road. You never know what's going to happen. There's people on the road that might be cut me off or hit me. But Lord, let your protection be over me. Invite him into every situation. It doesn't take long to invite God into every circumstance. You know what I found as I did that more and more? The more I worried less and the more I start to rely on him. Because I'm inviting him in. And if he's a trusted companion, if he's a strong tower, if he's the one who's able to defend and guard my heart, then why wouldn't I invite him in? Why wouldn't I put my place in trust in him? We have to learn to give God all of our worries and anxiety and give it to him. So often in life, we worry about it ourselves. Let me give you an example. 
You know, we have worries and stresses in our life. Right? We have worries. We have God. A lot of worries. Yeah. And so what we do is like, okay, I heard this message, so I'm going to uh, trust God. Because that's what the pastor said. That's what he said on Sunday. So Monday comes along, I'm stressed about this, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my worry, I'm going to give it to God. All right? Okay, God, I've given it to you. Um, nothing's happening. All right, let me take it back. That's what we do. It's like, all right, should I? I better hold on to this because, you know, this is really important. I need to give it some worry. Because if I'm not worrying about it, who else is going to worry about it? So I'm just going to hold on to this one. Maybe I'll give this one to God. I'll take a little walk. It's like, God, change something. Oh, let me put it back. That's what we do on a consistent basis. We take our worries for a moment. We give it to God. And then we're like, well, it's not working yet. Nothing's changed in the last five minutes. I'm going to take it back. But do we trust him? Because the thought is, it might not happen in the time that I want it to happen. But God who is able to guard my heart, is able to make it happen. You know what we really need to do? Is have a little bit more of this, and a little less of this. Right? We need to have more God, and less worry. In fact, this is what we really should do. We should take all of our worries, and put it into God. That's what we really should do. So there's no longer worry and stress. People go, well, is that realistic? Is that possible? Trust God no matter what? Then, not worry about anything? Well, that's what Paul says. He says, imagine you have the heart of peace. Imagine you had a life of joy. Imagine if you had a peaceful mind. Imagine trusting God in any situation. Is it possible? It's possible. It's your choice. You get to choose. If your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, and those thoughts are focused on God, you will have less worry and more God. Because remember, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And sometimes you're like, well, I tried once and it didn't work, so I'm just giving up. Or I tried a number of times and that didn't happen. How can I do this? But here's the thing. Do you trust him? If you don't control what you think, you'll never control what you do. And I've said this before. I want you to understand this. Write it down. 
Think it, confess it until you believe it. Write down what God says about you. And we did this where we had declarations of our life. Last week I asked you to exchange your worst thought with God's promise for your life. And you got to have a little note that you could take home and put it. I know Chanel took hers and it's right there on the mirror. Every morning when I get up I see it just as she does. Or right on a mirror. Where have you posted God's thought about you in your life? Is it in a prominent place or is it stuck in a car in a drawer in the glove compartment and you forgot about it? Write it down. Think it. Confess it. And believe it. Believe this. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to glorify him. Believe this. I am disciplined. I am a disciple of Christ. Christ in me is stronger than those in the world. Believe this, I'm growing closer to God every single day because of Jesus. Not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus has done for me. My family is closer to God. My body is stronger to God. My faith is deeper. And my leadership in my home, in my workplace is sharper. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Declare what's true in your life. Write it, think it, confess it, and believe it. You are not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. They are divine through God. They have power to demolish every negative thought and bring it into the obedience of Christ. Worry is not your master. Jesus is the one that's over your life. Trust in God. His peace guards your heart. Protects you. You're not a slave to your habits. You're not a prisoner to addiction. You're not been abandoned. You've been rescued from God. You've been rescued from the power of darkness. You've been placed in the kingdom of light. You live in God's presence. You have the power to change your thinking through God's divine power in you. Remember the weapons you fight are not weapons of this world. They are mighty through God. Cover everything in prayer, Paul says. Use those three things. Prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. And when you do that, you're not going to be anxious about anything. You know, as I said before, sometimes people think, well, is is it really healthy to just trust God? And not worry about it? Well, here's the thing. Do what I can do. I can do something. I'm going to do it. If, I, if it's a job interview, I'm going to prepare myself. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to look good. I'm going to put my mind in the right frame. I'm going to go to my interview. That's what I can do. And give what I can do. I don't have control of what happens after. I'm not going to stress about it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to trust God. So do what you can do. And trust God for what you can't do. Trust God no matter what. I was having a conversation with someone earlier in the week. I said, sometimes you don't always see what God has in store for you. Sometimes it doesn't feel good or look good. But the scriptures tell us that all things work together for good to them that love God And are called according to his purpose. So losing a job might not be good. But God's lined you up for something better. 
having a broken relationship with that person that you thought was going to be your husband and wife did not look good, but God has something greater for you. Going through some kind of stress at work because there's anxiety there, God's preparing you for something better. So often we try to hold on to things that are not beneficial for us because we're worrying, if I let go of this, what do I actually have? And God's saying, let go and trust me. I have something better for you. And it all happens in our mind. If we can win the battle up here, we win the battle in our life. If you win the battle of your thinking, you'll win the battle of your living. But it starts with healthy thoughts up here. And so, if I can leave with anything as we close this series, it's this. Not being anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, and that's the amazing thing. It transcends logical thinking. Because your logical mind says, if I lose this job, I have no income. But God's transcendent peace says, if you lose this job, I'm just setting you up for something better. It's letting go of what we think is important and trusting God for what he knows is important in our life. And it's the letting go that's difficult, right? It's the letting go because it's like when you're in an ocean and someone throws you a lifeboat or a life raft or something, you want to hold on to it because you want to drown. But did you know that sometimes when experienced swimmers or lifeguards go out and people are struggling, they actually can grab a hold of the person and drown the other person as well because they panic, they're worried, they're just trying to grab onto something and sometimes they have to knock them out just to save them. Because we're in a panic, we're like, I have to hold on to something or I'm going to die. God says, hold on, I'm able to extract you. Trust me, I'll take you safely to show. Trust him. Trust God even when you don't understand. You don't have to believe the lie. Just embrace God's truth. Now I have two questions for you as we close close up the series as I always do. Question number one. What can you do this week to stop worrying and start trusting? What can you do this week? Have a conversation with someone that's in your life. Someone that's close to you. Spouse, partner, friend, best friend, whatever. And say... What can I do? Because sometimes I've struggled with this. What can I do? What do you think I can do in my life to start worrying or stop worrying and start trusting God? What is it that I can do? And they'll give you some solutions. A lot of times because we have so much introspective, we look into ourselves so much, we don't see ourselves. But someone on the outside can see our weaknesses, can see what we struggle with. And be like, why don't you try this? So what can you do this week to stop worrying and start trusting And number two, when it comes to gratefulness and thankfulness, who can you call, text, or speak to this week to tell them that you're grateful for them? You know, when we are ungrateful, it shows in how we live. But when we're grateful, we actually create great relationships. Because we're saying, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. You were there in my life when I was at a, at a really down time. You helped me through this. You lent me some money. 
you know, you sent me a text when I was going through a difficult situation. You helped me find a job. You did so many things. Who in your life can you, this week, think about this, can you be thankful to? And also be thankful to God. But who can you call, text, or speak to and tell them that you're grateful for them? Because when we practice what we believe, we start putting it into our life. And when you start being grateful with the people around you, you'll begin to be grateful to the one who gave you everything. Amen? Amen. So let's do those two things. Amen? Amen? Let's pray together. Let's stand. I hope that this series has really helped you to shape your thinking and therefore transform your living. If you haven't had a chance to catch up on all of our messages, the podcasts are available. Go back and listen to them. I encourage you to do that because that's what I do sometimes. I listen to things over and over because sometimes on the first time I miss a whole bunch of things and then the second time I'm like, hey, I didn't hear that. Did they actually say that? Apparently they did. <laughs> encourage yourself and encourage those around you. Speak life. Have the thoughts of Christ. Have the mind of Christ as Paul says. And when we begin to do that, you'll find it gradually begin to seep into your life. And you'll be able to live a life not having a very pessimistic view of everything, but having a great view. But not all things are good. We understand that everything in your life is going to be good. But you can find good in every situation. You just have to know how to look at it. Use the right filter. God is always good. He's always faithful. And for those of you who have not chosen to follow Jesus, I want to encourage you because he gives us so much resources. We are well resourced in the kingdom of God. He gives us different abilities. And you know, think about the, every aspect of our life God has provided for. In our mind, in our life, in our body, in our relationships, he provides us with the resources in every single area of our life. And as I said at the beginning, sometimes we miss that because we are trying to catch it, but we are not positioned in the right place. Putting your mind in the right place positions you to receive what God has for you. Your mind really matters. It matters to you. It matters to your family. It matters to your life. It matters to those around you. And it definitely matters to God. That's why he focuses so much on telling us how to think like him. So we can live like Him. So let's make a promise to ourselves. You don't have to promise anyone. You don't even have to promise God. But promise yourself to have a better life. To start thinking better things about yourself and those people around you. Where you are, where God has placed you. Sometimes we don't love our job, but God placed us there for a reason. And we get a resource from there. And until He moves us to something better... Thank Him for what you do have. There's many people that don't have that. We have our health. We have so many things to be thankful for. Let's be grateful. So let's take a moment today to be grateful for each other, for God, for church, and for family. Amen? Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend 
or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.